remember we did a Union Theological Seminary, and we had this lunch afterwards and discussed the piece. And one of the theologians there, he said, so you're trying to have it more blended, and there's no bad guys, no good guys. Everyone is Jesus, everyone is Judas. Says, yes, yes, yes. So why do you have the mom saying, let him be killed? Hi, I'm Dina, teacher and reluctant puppeteer turned host of La Bifana's Table, a podcast dedicated to the art of sacred hospitality. For each week, listeners are invited to feast on real-life stories of hope and healing, as well as soul-nourishing conversations with folks from all walks of life who are utilizing their gifts in both small ways and large to make the world a more beautiful place. So pull up a seat, tell some friends, and become a part of a legendary story. Welcome back to another episode of La Bifana's Table. I'm your host, Dina Gregory, and today I'm in conversation with Matt Mittler, co-founder of Jetchi, an experimental theater ensemble dedicated to the search for the sacred. Today, we're going to talk about many things, but we're going to mostly be talking about their upcoming production of A Passion. So welcome, Matt. Thank you, Dina. This is the 10th anniversary of A Passion coming up. Right. And we're in the 26th year of Jetchi. So what's Jetchi? You've had a lot of different impressions of Jetchi yourself. So let me ask you, when you yeah. came, because Dina was a friend of someone that was working with Jechi. Yeah. And uh, we like to have sometimes in this production of Passion, which we do just around Easter, Passover time every year for 10 years now, which is basically a revision of the Passion according to St. Matthew. I mean, it's that text retranslated into many ancient sources to try to get it as human as possible and then presented in a novel sort of way, which I won't go into right now, but just said so when we work on it, there are a number of us switching roles, including the role of Jesus and the role of the narrator. It's set up, it's a known factor who's putting to play what. It's not like up in the ear, although all the blocking is. And one year we started to bring in one person to be in the show from the audience. Most likely knew nothing about us or the piece, or maybe not even knew about the gospel according to Matthew. And we just have a sense about somebody. We pick them, you know, would you like to be in it? And we, we dress them. We all wear kind of 40 era clothing and put like a cap on them or a shawl or, you know, something and they'd be in the piece. Yeah. So when we rehearse it, we would ask the cast, you know, if you have a friend that would might want to come in and spend an afternoon with us as the guest being pulled into this piece and work with it and then having a lunch to share lunch with us. And Dina came in and she was that guest. So. I'm really interested in yeah. what experience was like for you and the whole thing coming in sure. and taking through it and then eating yeah. a bunch of I mean, it was really deep and profound. And all of a sudden you're kind of like swept into something. Those boundaries between like, you know, now, oh, I'm just here to watch and help. And oh, wait, now I'm, I'm really a part of something. It just felt truly like being swept up in a moment and deeply held. Like all of a sudden I'm like in this thing. Now I'm reading something. Something's happening. But, and where that, there might be that sense of like, what is happening? You know, that moment where you want to bail because you're not in control of something. I just remember experiencing this like wild level of tenderness of someone pointing me to a word or when you guys are teaching the songs, just this very like, okay, like it's literally feels like it's kind of just being invited out of me, like a memory. That's, that's kind of what was, what was going on as the guest. 
And then I joined you guys last year for it, kind of at the last minute. And that was a beautiful experience. So you, you came as, you, you were in the rehearsal. As a yeah, kid. yeah. And then you saw the production. Yeah. So you saw it before you were yes. actually in it. Yep. So let, let's take it in, in the steps. So Oh, sure. After kind of being in the rehearsal and we're not wearing costumes and we're still learning what we're doing and this whole thing about being guided, we are sincerely really guiding each other. There's a lot of unknown factors in everything that she does, but in this piece, even more so perhaps. Yeah. Because it's, um, I mean, tender is a good word. It's, it's, it's very sincere and quiet and, and we try to, you know, eliminate any kind of acting and some sort of technical things. And of course, when we bring in somebody to do this with us in rehearsal and in the performance, that helps us be on this more genuine level because we can't like, we can't be separated from them in some sort of, you know, egoistic or, or even just technical way. It's we're really trying to meet on this very basic level, mm-hmm. essential level. So then you saw it and you're, you're in the audience. And yeah. what was your experience of that? It's just seeing it as an audience member. My response is silence in some way because it, it definitely brought me down to a, a more contemplative space. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to sit with it. The changing of the characters, you know, at first, like my, the little like annoying mind is like, wait, but who's who and where's, did this happen? And like, I can't. But then all of a sudden that starts to go and you just start to see like, wow, are we all each other? Is one person becoming the other? And then, and so there's this flow about it that really just like, again, it just kind of brings you into this fuller experience. In terms of this feeling about being taken care of, did any of that happen for you being in the audience as opposed to being in the play area? Did you, do you have any sense? I'm just curious. Of taking care of the, of the audience being taken care of? Or you, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah. I mean, from guest to audience, I feel like there is an interaction with us, yeah. like that you guys are seeing a show and you are the audience. And here we are, like that veil is broken. Yeah. And yeah. we are participating in something. I think, um, you know, depending I could see how, uh, I, even probably in myself, there's like a, almost a little resistance. Like, what, what, what's going on? And then if you can kind of put the shoulders back, wait, I'm a part. But it gets, it can be a little almost, it's just like the extra revelation of like, holy shit, this is holy. <laughs> like, <they're really laughs> that kind of, when you really allow yourself to not just be like, I am consuming this piece of right. artwork. <laughs> And that we're actually partaking in a ritual together. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because um, I'd say it's our intention, not just in performance. And for performance, it's sort of not a perfect word to use. Our pieces are really rituals. And even that's not, not totally there because rituals can become calcified. Yes. Dead. And ours mm-hmm. is something alive to renew to mm. revisit, to, if you see things every year, I mean, it's quite, it changes. It changes if we do four or five shows this season, each one will be very different. Mm. Like, it's different spaces, different, but we, how we react to each other is different. There's like, everything changes. So it's really about keeping this ritual alive, but there's also in our work with each other and then our work with the public, which could be people coming to see a show, or we work when we work in hospitals, it could be people in beds. Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing about can we meet people where they're at? 
each yeah. other and whoever we encounter. And can we be responsible? Can we mm. take responsibility for the introduction, the initiation? So you might realize that with each piece where we do change roles and it's not, it's not planned, um, our fool's mass, which is a mass, but it's done by village idiots from medieval times. Anything we do, there's, there is a process of initiation. There is some way of meeting the audience in passion. It's, it's basically we're like, um, the person in, you know, the church or synagogue that gives you your, your yarmulke or your, yeah. or whatever, whatever it is and brings you to a seat. It just greets you. There's some of the, yeah, the greeter, the greeter brings yeah. you to the pew yeah. and says, okay. Yeah. Or, and, and even fool mess where idiots greeting you. Yeah. And there's a sort of similar thing. And just like, you know, the, the pastors here saying, you know, peace be with you. Well, Jay didn't say that, you know, and because we put the passion through a Jewish lens and that's one of the most yeah radical things about it. Why should it be radical? Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> the last supper is a Passover seven. I mean, it's like, that's, that's the facts. So yeah. we make it Jewish and at the end we're saying shalom to people. Yeah. But we're not just, it's not perfunctory. Mm-hmm. In Fool's Mass, even though we have these characters, something is coming through that character, but makeup and in passion, there's no character. Right. Uh, Matt. I am Matt before. I am Matt when I'm playing Judas. When I'm playing Jesus, I'm still Matt. Yeah. When I end, when I say Shalom, I'm still Matt. And I'm meeting people and looking at people and having, you know, some sort of, there's a contact with them. There's a connection, not a sort of, you know, it, it depends. Mm-hmm. But to take responsibility for that and to, to work in this sort of way of entering, this way of exiting, it helps a certain preparation. We don't make, we don't say we're opening you up or we're, or yeah. you know, things that happen to you. Yes. It's just some subtle sort of preparation. Yeah. And, and we try to assist a certain kind of containment so that whatever yes. was digested, just if there's something mm. in the performance can stay in the body a little bit longer, maybe if there's an energy yeah. related that it's not just. So there's no applause at the end of these right. works. It's like there's something that c- continues. What happens, we're working, you know, when we arrive, we're working, you know, before the audience comes, we're working after everybody leaves, we do this with us, we make a little circle amongst ourselves and we have a sort of sacred moment. Yeah. A work continues. So we try to assist that with the audience of the people we encounter. And um, the thing you talked about, about coming in and having, you know, what, you know my, my, I'm not totally there, yeah. I'm kind of in the shock. We also, this is more clear in workshops, which you've also done with us. Yeah. But it's in there in some respects to every performance too, is that we create a golf. We know that. In Fullsman's, we're disgusting. We're really, we have gross teeth and we're greeting you, but a lot of people are going like that. Some are laughing. Yeah. Some are like this. Some will look at us. And then at the end, some of the people that are most like this are hugging us. Yes. We yes. have not changed. Yes. What's changed. Mm. And that's really what we're looking for is that it comes from us as an ensemble, as a, as a community to this larger community of us and the others, or we, we go from I to we. Yeah. It's Martin Buber, it's I and thou. So yeah. it's this movement to a larger organism. You know, there's a communion in full mass and in passion. And, you know, one of the, you know, communion is to create community. Yeah. So it's this 
the sense of something happening and we have witnessed, you know, for years, people talking outside, a lot of performers are in sacred spaces, but not all of them outside the theater or the church, wherever we've done a piece, who've never met each other before, stopped and talked. And one person wrote to me, she said, we sat on a curb for an hour with people we had never met before and talked about art and God and things like that. Yeah. How often does that happen? I don't, I want that to happen all the time. Like that's the <laughs> world I want to live in. Like, what are we talking about? Art, yeah. God, and so, relationship and connection. <laughs> that's this thing. And creating the goal, but yet holding space. Yeah. Allows the individual to bridge that gulf. Yes. And they've done the work. I haven't yes. done it for them. We haven't done it for them. We haven't like picked up their feet and moved them someplace. Mm. They've done that. They own that experience. Yeah. They're in choice. I find that like with you guys, there's this, uh, there's this constant sense of invitation, no force, right? Like, so the, to, you were saying you create that golf and then that I'm going to feel that inward pull to, you know, to move there, to, to engage maybe further to talk to that person mm-hmm. on the sidewalk and, and further this work into the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what they do at the end of a mass. It's like, okay. Yeah, and now <laughs> bring this into the world. <laughs> We're saying like, so when you say goodbye to them, you actually you hold their hand a little bit. Yeah. It's like a little bit more that can happen. Now, the yeah. Masters that would really produce something in that counter. Yeah. There's a, one of his, I just came to me right now, which I think would be an interesting story that um, we don't know often what changes occur. It's in Fool's Mass. We know the person was like, eh. And then hug this, we, we could recognize that person. We know. Major transformation. <laughs> That's a big business. But also just looking in people's eyes during the piece, you just see people look, suddenly people have tears in their eyes. You know, in passion, I'd say quite often people have tears in their eyes from the beginning. Yes. And then we have tears in our eyes because we're looking at them. They have tears in their eyes to look at us. And then we're all, we're both, we're all like just crying more and more and more during the piece. Yeah. Which is sort of, it's a beautiful torture. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's, it's a real gift. And, uh, I mean, it happens in rehearsal too, but just this whole thing with an audience. And we've also had an audience, especially when it's some sort of congregation we're doing it for, but not always. Sometimes there'll be people that came from different places and just came someplace who sit in silence, especially after passion. Yeah. A lot of people. And we, especially the Good Friday shows and some other shows, we, we did it at a church, the Church of Notre Dame on the Upper West Side for the pandemic. And we'd never been there before and we finished and we're kind of looking around like, they're just sitting there. And I didn't know if we had to kind of get people out because you, you have a certain amount of time in these places often. Yeah. You know, lock it up. And there was one of the priests there who I know was with my contact there. He just looked at me and he went, it's fine. And he just went like this and he sat there too. And so that we all just kind of found a place to just be silent together. Yeah. And with the audience. And they mm-hmm. took... They informed us, you know, we're now passive to their energy because it's a finer vibration than than ours, larger community. So we then go with that. And then the ending, people are blessing us and saying shalom to us before we say it. But but one story that really sticks with me with fool's mess and talking about not knowing what happens with anyone in the audience and allowing it. And I'm rereading some Carl Rogers early work. He was a therapist. He was one of the founders of humanistic psychology. And yeah. In his early descriptions of client-centered therapy, which is sort of made fun of as mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. which is it's more than that, but right. that's how it sort of played out in TV sitcoms. 
there was no trying to get the client to do this or that or give advice or, you know, if they, if it was, you know, play therapy with children and they wanted to spend an hour playing with clay, you let them play with, you didn't do that. You were just there. You were a witness. But you also, without wishing for something specific, this person has to be behave nicely. <laughs> this mm-hmm. person has to be quiet. There's no, no, nothing at all. And especially with children, they found that after weeks of therapy with seemingly nothing happening, that a child who was violent, abusive, incredibly difficult and did terrible in school, but yet do well in school, offered to help the teacher in school, sort of doing better with his family. I and mean, all these things started to shift, even though maybe few words were ever said to these out the hours of each session. Mm. Just the attention from the therapist and some wish, a wish from a, a real emotional center. So this person, we did fool the mass and we saw him just get up out of his chair and storm out during fool's mass. We're all, we're all playing, you know, people with various physical and emotional issues. And there's catatonic and there's a leper and there's, you know, you know, you know blind person, a person with like the problems moving. Mm-hmm. And um, he just got up and he stormed out. Now, what happened was that a guy? I don't know. And, and we're sort of shaken by that, but then it's, it's good to be shaken because now we're kind of more vulnerable ourselves. The following year, we did the piece in the same place. He came and we didn't know he had come. And we did the piece. We finished. And we're all up in a, we're in upstairs room, taking off our soot, Your head. taking our plastic fake teeth out of our mouths. There's a knock at the door. I'm coming in. This man comes to the in door and he goes, it's, man, come in. Goes, sure, come in. And he goes, I just want to say something to you all. Goes, okay. He says, I was here last year and I couldn't take it. He says, my son had, I forget if it was cerebral palsy or something, and he died. And I could not bear to watch this performance, but I knew I had to come back. Oof. And he said, this chokes me up. Yeah. I just want to tell you, I just want to say to you, thanks. Thank you for doing this. I feel this is a testament to my son. And this is just deeply meaningful for me. So bless you all for doing what you do. That's incredible. And we just stood there going, and we being in just went, and we just, he just, quiet and blessed room yeah yeah that's major and just to think of i can't even imagine how many people you've touched with this in different ways yes you've you've heard from some (laughs) obviously but it definitely i would say from anyone i mean obviously the big reaction someone with a big reaction like there's a lot of work in there i mean you you left him with a year of yes of mm, like the inner movement of stuff i mean that to me that's the I often find art in general, like just a catalyst of inner work. Like all of a sudden there's a, a word that pierces or there's some beauty that pierces something and it, um, it starts an inner process. Like it, and it, and, and that could be a, it could last, you know, that could be a while that it, it, it does its work on you in, in some way like that. And to hear that story of that man and then coming back, you know, that's, and he could have come back and had that experience and not said anything to us. Yeah. What a beautiful thing to, to share, you know, to, mm-hmm. to tell, talk to people about the way that a work 
It hits you, changes you, touches you, transforms you because we're all, obviously you guys are so aware of that. You know, you're constantly being in the midst of your work, being transformed by your work. <laughs> well, that's, that's the key actually. And we say this to ourselves over and over again that we're selfish. Mm. We don't do this for the audience. We do it for our own transformation and we are transformed by it. And I've seen radical changes in people in the company. I've seen changes in people that are just with us for a short while. And I mean, you can speak for your own yeah. one short season, but yeah. where I am now, and I have, I have a practice. I do, I have a daily practice, which is, but Jetshi is, is tied with that practice. Right. And that practice informs Jetshi more than Jetshi informs my other practice. So it's really something we take on we work through every facet of our lives. Anything that happens in the company, births, deaths, divorces, it's brought into the company. It's worked with the company. It worked on the show will maybe suspended while we deal with the personal stuff or that, or the personal stuff might end up going into the work on the show and we'll see if it, if it kind of enlivens. That itself well, is so beautiful because I think we, I mean, we pretend <laughs> that we cannot bring our personal. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, I'm so nice and neat and I will now bring myself to work yeah. and I will leave that part at home. And I will, I think your work in that way is such a larger invitation. How do you work with the whole person? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, from the stage to the office. From yes. the, and so you have this, this continuum. We, and we say that we, we have this process entering, we in the circle before, we're peace, we're in the circle afterwards. And there's something carrying for me, it's always been, if there's not evidence of your development, of your growth, you know, your evolution, whatever you want to call it, in your life, yeah. then what you're doing in your art, for me, it doesn't have value. You know, I'm not interested in being, you know, oh yes, well, on stage, we are perfect. And off stage, I'm kicking the dog. It's not, it's not, it, it's not about that. It's like, off stage, I'm really taking care of the people I need to take care of. I'm taking care of myself. I'm not freaking out. I am freaking out, but I'm seeing it. And I'm trying to work with it. Yeah. And then I come back into the theater and and I bring whatever's happening and I work with that with the group. Yeah. The group holds holds the space, and I'm in that. I'm in a, again. It's not just me. I'm in a community. So there's something about the we there mm-hmm. that allows me. To move up or down or wherever my place is. Yeah. And, and we bring in our efforts during the week and our issues during the week and we, we, we report on it, you know? So I'm trying this thing with my bonds or with my spouse and I now have to go and visit this person who's dying. And, you know, you know, you guys all picture this person at 12 o'clock noon with them. And yeah, we do that. You know, we'll sing a song and we'll send it to them, you know, we'll, we'll email them, you know, to hear it, you know, on their deathbed or whatever, or we'll go to the hospital, you know, whatever. It's not about, play is not the thing. Right. The play is not. To work on ourselves, we we all agree in our own ways that to work on ourselves, we need to work with other people. And we all happen to like, have some feeling about theater. So theaters are a vehicle. You know, if bowling was the vehicle that we'd be doing bowling, that doesn't search books like theater does. And theater is, you talked about the whole person. Theater 
in its most holistic way, it's the body, my body, my emotions, which can be very connected to my voice. Mm-hmm. And it's my mind. Yeah. So, and these things have to all work together, but they don't all work, always work together. They really work together. So I work on them being able to work more and more together. Right. And theater serves that process. And so for, for you in terms of, they're all intersecting in terms of spirituality, lights and theater. Yeah. I, I find that the work in Jitchi helps me to be more attuned to life. Ooh. Yeah, more generous. I mean, I talk about like, a, you know, crying, fullness, crying in passion. I'm not a person who cries. I cry more in Jechi than I have in my entire, <laughs> all my years of my life combined, you know, I mean, really. Wow. What opens up there? You know, what's going on? What's happening? You know, dealing with difficult, difficulties with the company, dealing with difficult participants in Jechi, which we have a rule, which is there's no auditions. To be in Jetshi, but we have these fake auditions where at the end of the audition, we say, all right, you've experienced us. If you like what we're doing, come back. Yeah. You're auditioning us. We're not auditioning you. Yeah. If you have the wish to return and work with us again, we have no say in the matter. We accept mm-hmm. you. Accept your wish. Your behavior can be who knows what it is. We accept mm-hmm. your wish. And if your wish changes, fine, there's a door. So no one's had, there's no kind of, gauntlet to go through to be a jetshi and leaving is just we can't we don't kick you out because it we find it's it's a good work for us how do i deal with this difficult person well ideally what happens when someone is we've had difficult people yeah uh, not very many in the last 10 years but yeah we've had we work on ourselves and, and how we don't get kind of ticked off by it. How can I be, go deeper? How can I be compassionate? I'm not compassionate. How can I just be still? Mm-hmm. You know, which is like a prelude to compassion. And what ends up happening is that the person ends up leaving. But when they leave, most often they're grateful and they say thank you. And they come back and they see us again and they say nice things about us. Really, well, then someone leaves screaming. It doesn't happen very often. It hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Um, but we take it as our work, whatever the person is, however they are. And in a workshop, you don't know who's going to come in. You don't know what kind of people are going to be there. Everyone, if we're working, you know, in a hospital, and this includes psychiatric hospitals, we don't want to look, we don't want to know anything. We don't want to see, know any labels. We don't want to know any diagnosis. Can you go in a little deeper about your work in psychiatric? It's, well, in our workshops, most okay. of our workshops are, are very nonverbal. You might learn a piece of text. You might learn a song, but that song might learn a different language. But it's essentially nonverbal. Everything is conveyed through gesture and movement and no contact. So our work in hospitals is primarily nonverbal. Sometimes with kids, we'll work with some verbal stuff. If it's a detention, kids' detention center or you know, dual diagnosis or something. You know, a lot of kids stuff like we'll do holiday things that will come in as elves at Christmas. And uh, we might sing in 12 days of Christmas, but we'll let them make up with what the next gift is, which will be something yeah. like a Glock. 
we just go with it. Chocolate gave me a Glock, you know, so we just, we just let them fill it in and just celebrate whatever they bring to the table. Yeah. Wow. But we also might do some drumming and chanting stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll do the, tr- we'll do a lot of trust desk exercises, which are, which have become almost forbidden in most institutional settings. But we used to do a lot of falling into people's arms and kitchen. Mm-hmm. And with that, it, we would always try to reverse the roles at some point. So if we were going back to some place often, we have you know, patients jumping into Jetchi's arms, other patients helping to catch them, jumping and cradling and rocking. And then we would have some of the staff also catching the patients. And then eventually we try to have the staff jumping into the patient's arms. Oh, Jesus. So it's a complete role reversal. And the staff were always so much more afraid to do it. Yeah. Sometimes it would be like a place we go back to a few times a year. We, the person would say, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay, fine. So then they get to sit with that, that they couldn't do it in front of the patients who supposedly are worse off than them. <laughs> and then they might come back like a half a year later, a year later. And then they do it just like this man. And they go, I'm going to jump. You know, and they, they stand up on the table. And they, really? Yeah. So this kind of thing about, again, the Rogerian acceptance of what is. Mm. And it's the first question is, there's a couple of key questions in Jetshi. The first one is, what is? What is this? How oh, welcome to new space? How do I feel here? Mm-hmm. Who am I here? It's, what's happening? What is it? And the next question is, what is necessary? So what might be necessary, like at the end of Passion and the audience is sitting silently, is to go, well, what's necessary is to sit silently with them. We say to be, um, to be active with the coarser forces and to be passive to the fire forces. For sure. So, uh, oh, we go to the Benedictine Abbey regularly uh, and, so, and they say, oh, you should come here and perform. I said, no, I don't, I'm not. Maybe someday, but not now. I think we should come here and just be receptive. Because <laughs> it was clear there's a fine vibration there. There's an energy there. And it's something that you know, we, should, we should take the lower status with that. It's the lower level and receive it. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point there'll be a turn. You sound like a Franciscan monk. They call us Benedictine, but I think... One of the reasons of Jetchi is that we've spent a lot of time with different spiritual communities from yeah. being sh- 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 shaman to, uh, um, Martin Buber influence Jewish um, people, like Jew- Jewish congregation. Um, everyone thinks that we're of their lineage and Baita, or you must, you know, be from Ramadan Maharshi's lineage or you must be a Sufi. You must, every, every, every place we go, they think that we're one of them, which is perfect because what I'm interested in is the thing that is the same. Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, is, that goes back to your essential thing with, with the passion. Like, yeah. what do we desire? We, we desire an essential feeling of communion. And you guys create that opportunity in such a way that it's, you know, you, you know it's like it, it gets chilling. You're like, oh. And, it, and the thing is, it, it feels that way for us. I mean, you're in the show. I mean, that we all, we, we are feeling this. I mean, if nobody comes to see a performance, we're doing a show, we do the show. Yeah. It's for us. 
you know, the, the notion of selfishness is something that I think a lot of people are contending with, uh, and places where they've, they've starved themselves and, and realizing that that's not the way to serve. Let's do the, but when I talk about selfish and that the work is for, uh, for our transformation, transformation. development. Yeah. Uh, Gurdjieff used to say to be a healthy egoist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, this thing about receiving the flight of vibrations, it's, I'm feeding on that. Yeah. And if then if I can contain that for a while, it's, be, there are particles, there are molecules, mm-hmm. they're sitting in me. I begin to see something shift in me. I know that how I reacted to a certain thing, you know, so many years ago, I'm not reacting to that anymore. Mm-hmm. There, are little, there are little kind of, you know, points along the way where I go, oh, come on. I guess something changed. I mean, I might have in the moment, or I might see in the moment when someone's like screaming and yelling, and I go, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not rising to the vase. I'm not volcanic right now. What is happening? How does that happen? You know? I mean, I, you know, there's often something crazy that happens on the way to a show. You know, or we're locked. We can't get into the church. The person didn't meet us. Okay, uh, you know, something this happened. This person did stuck in traffic. And there's a sort of we have a thing right now, which is when that happens, we go like, yes, <laughs> bring it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the, uh, I kind of did my own like self-initiation back in 2016 and I kind of created my own spiritual vow and some principles that I, that I live by. And, um, one was like, uh, like taking, just accepting each experience and being like, uh, I didn't know I wanted that. And it's, it's honestly very helpful. It has helped me reframe a few situations where that were not great situations. Uh-huh. Um, but like holding that was like, I didn't know, like I wanted to deal with this thing it helps kind of create this space of curiosity. Right. Okay. Right. So this That's is annoying. So that's the what is. What yeah. Is. I mean, knowing, knowing, I mean, not knowing that I want something and funny enough that I want it, mm-hmm. you know, um, means I have to sort of be present to the moment and I have to ask the question, which is a whole sort of, you know, I really have to get out to the treadmill. I have to just, there's something I have to calibrate, recalibrate and, um, comes to discernment. You know, then I see these things that I'm, I seem like I'm wanting, and I go, "Wow, you know, I don't think I really want that." <laughs> like I'll take, you know, before I'm direct of pieces and be in other shows, I go like, "You know, I don't think I want to be in this show. I don't think I want to direct this piece. I don't, you know, this, these kind of things. You know, I don't want to wake up early and do that. You know, I want to." I never feel, I never feel bad waking up really great judgy stuff. I mean, I just, I get up and I find these other things that I might take on going, I'm getting up and I go, oh, huh. look at me dragging my body out of the tent. You know, I, my body has trouble getting up early no matter what, but I, but I get up with that with different feelings than for many of the things. Mm-hmm. So you start to, I start to go, oh, okay, not this is wrong and this is good, but just interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting information. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take that on. 
I know you went against a lot of things really quick just to get back to yeah. action. Yeah. And every piece, actually. We try to take on a project. It doesn't always happen. We try to take on a project that we could be married to for life. Ooh. That has levels of questioning that are unending. That we can keep digging that we can be permeated by. And we don't really know that. I mean, we have, we have a sense when we begin to work on it. We don't really know it until we start doing it. Oh, and then we might say, do we want to keep doing this? And there's never, and usually there's not much of a question about it. It's like, yeah. I mean, we do want to work on new material, but these other pieces, they'll become really alive. I mean, Fool's Mass, 25 years. This piece, 10 years, Macbeth, Macbeth. 15 years. Wow. Um, I mean, it's really, for me, it's an honor. It's, it's grace to be able to return to these, these vehicles. You know, what I work out with them, what they serve. I mean, they have served all kinds of life changes for me and the mm. people. You know, we take that into things. So, my father died. He's, he's in Bulls Mass. You know, that, mm. that, that worked for me more than any, any kind of service I went to and really, really I went to. Well, all these things are part of it. And one of the questions with, with the passion was we had been up at the Abbey for, um, climbing up during Holy Week one year and they have a, one of the services is 150 in the morning. It's called Matins. And I think there has to be three nuns at least who get up and do it. Uh -huh. And no one's, no one's allowed, no one, public's not allowed to come except with invitation. And we asked, they went, really? Went, yeah, okay, fine, come. And so we made that, whenever we go to the Abbey, that we would go to Ab to Mountains, which could be an hour or two hours long, depending upon what, what part of the yeah. year they were working with with the Bible. And, uh, during Holy Week, there's a lot of letter from the Archbishop of this, or the Pope, so and so, two of the people, just hateful words about Jews. Oh, and I'm Jewish. I'm not oh. much of a practicing Jew. And it was like just <clears throat> so painful because I'm very, like I said, receptive here. And it was like, oh my God. And they don't. Forgive them, they don't know what they do. Um, but I talked to some nuns and I'm like, oh. And then a year or so later, the whole company was up for Holy Week. And they, they asked us, you know, we want you to create the passion for Holy Week for the nuns to do. It'll be like not eight or nine. Not, not nine. Yeah. Um, he'll usually do it behind the lattice. And um, people read the same thing and it's all done very, it's very turgid. Mm -hmm. And they want Jechi. And they'd seen Macbeth and they said, and we want to change roles. Everyone plays Jesus, everyone plays Judas, etc. But we'll have one narrator. They're okay. So we worked with them. And it was really extraordinary. It was unlike working with any group of actors because they just gave themselves to it. They were weeping from the beginning. They were They were just there. Yeah. And uh, I, 
wanted it to have a real kind of, I wanted this hush that you experienced with the piece. And I wanted it to, for me, I want to be pulled forward into it. Some of dialogue with, you know, I, if I'm seeing something, I want to be pulled yeah. this way. I'm, this is happening. It's interesting. I want to study that. When nothing's happening, whoa. Yeah. So I proposed that we set it in the Warsaw, in the, um, Warsaw ghetto during World War II. And I said, do you know, um, Janusz Korczak, who's considered a saint in Poland? I studied theater in Poland. Oh, wow. The whole Polish. And uh, they did. And Janusz Korczak was an educator. And he, he had a school for boys and girls. And he did, you know, plays. And he was incredibly, like, you know, just all-seeing and really spiritual. And did this fabulous work with kids. And and I guess there were a lot of Jewish kids, or maybe all Jewish kids. And Nazis came to the school and took the children and he went with them. But anyhow, they knew. And I said, so the reader, the narrator is Korchak. All the other nuns who were playing Jesus and all the other parts, you are these children. And the Nazis are coming. And you're doing this because this is the right vehicle. And it, it worked, it worked for us, it worked for them. And, um, it was profound. And when we finished and I felt that I had sort of worked out some issues with the whole anti-Semitic aspects, not a lot, but I had started something and I, the group, I kind of think Genji should work on this, take this initial concept and keep working. Um, I think there might be something there. And everybody agreed, although some people had a lot of resistance. And um, and here we are, 10 years later. What we did is we went, we looked at certain terms. We said, is there a less offensive translation? I learned that Barambas was a war hero. I always thought he was some criminal. He was a criminal in that context. But he was oh, a Jewish war hero so of course people knowing who jesus he's like in a, was up in, a, in the desert with like told ties so they knew barabbas so these things change our perception of it so i tried to find every little place where that could be tweaked and i remember and then we do a show and we do it in clergy which remember we did at union theological seminary and we had this you know lunch afterwards and discuss the piece and one of the theologians there, he said, so you're trying to have it be, you know, more blended and there's no bad guys, no good guys. You know, everyone is Jesus. Everyone is Judas. Yes, yes, yes. So, so why do you have the mom saying, let him be killed? I said, oh my, oh no, you're right. Having them do that. So he said, next show. That's him. Be killed. Like you're you're just having to read the lines that you were given. <laughs> yes. And that you're compassionate 
for everything, for every character, and every character is doing what they have to do because it is, it, it is written. It is written, yeah. But you don't have to be relishing the part. Mm. There's no, there's no prosecuting attorney. Yeah, I know. Are you king of the Judeans? It's please tell me. Are you king of the Judeans? So I, you could, I can have you live. So that shifts so much. That shifts, and then so much. I have more of a Jewish experience doing this piece. Mm. And all the songs are Hebrew songs. I love that. There's just one Greek song. And there's a, you know, there's a couple of things, but, but, you know, we're singing in Hebrew. We're sing- and, I, and I would say, you know, a song that goes like this. I couldn't hear the words. And, you know, one of the couple of company was, oh, I think it's Yase Shalom. But yes, I want that song because I remembered it. Synagogue and kid. Yeah. You know, because all that music was something for me. Yeah. So it, this thing, you know, to have this piece that a Jewish person would actually find it, you know, enlivening, enlightening, um, but also to have, you know, a Catholic person find it really. Yeah. We have churches that pay us to do it there. Yeah. Our, our church on Palm Sunday, it's part of the service when, when it's time for communion. It's the passion. They gave communion in as part of the show and as an event from actors. Yeah. So uh, that's what they want. That's, that's beautiful. And, and um, yeah, your work just brings, you know, is there really some stop of the holy? You know, is it, does it stop in there? Does it Look, go with the house? It's a Jesse work with different spiritual communities and we met a, a Sufi sheikh. Yeah, I studied Sufi dancing and sacred dancing, and I find it very valuable. Yeah. Very valuable. And um, we were invited to go to a zikr, which is a special s- s- ritual service, it's like, you know, where you you go into the, the prayer hall, prayer room, and this for this this uh, branch of of uh, Sufism, the sheikh would get in the middle and then we dance around him. And the women would then be seated yeah. elsewhere. But the women were blended. It wasn't separate. And yeah. they'd go and you'd sit in this outer room, look kind of, like, a, like a living room. And there'd be tea served. And I guess and in this particular um, you know, yeah. place, uh, you would also smoke cigarettes if you, if you smoke yeah. cigarettes. And, so, <laughs> cigarettes. And you would talk. You would yeah. talk to There'd be deep questions and answers, you know, mostly to the shape of the shape would ask questions too. And then at a certain point, it would be, we go back into the prayer room and they're chanting and we're doing this, these movements and things. And, and then we stop and then we go back and sit and talk and have tea. And then we go back. And after a few, this like for four hours, after a, like the, the second or third time going back to the, through the, through the drapes, into the prayer room, wait a minute. Yeah. This isn't about the talking and the praying. This is about the passage. Yes. And that's, I mean, and I said, this is Jetchi. Yes. This is what we're working on too. And I went, wow, that's just so fabulous. Whether anybody else got that, I mean, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. 
I I think that's the beauty of there's just subtle epiphanies, like subtle revelations, you know, and you're just ah, and then you you walk that, and it, there's just that's why it's so the level, the experiential level is just so important to like, I think, have any type of anything to work with, really, to go like, wait, what, 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 what did I do? How, what, what was revealed by me doing that? Um, and I, I think that's, that's the, that's, and that, that's a, that's a point for self initiation. You know, when you cross the gulf, when you bridge the gap, when you manifest somehow, you are marking the footholds to that place. Yeah. You're seeing the stones and steps up the mountain. You, you are making those choices. Yeah. You have that. When you're brought there, you don't know how you got there. Mm. You, you, know, my, you might not even know how to get down, which is a whole other story. That's a whole other. But, but this thing about owning the experience, having that information having that up and not just mentally but emotionally physically in the body yeah so that's judgy that's judgy <laughs> that's judgy um so just a little bit how how do people find judgy how do people experience judgy you've got a passion coming up um, yeah. april 2nd through the 7th and we just uh, added a new one but you presentation uh, only bit for for a women's shelter um which will be you know, for us to be able to do something like that as the first show of the season is so perfect because it's yeah. surely service. And that's really what we're trying to do with any audience. But that, you can't help but do that. So we're really meeting people and where they are. Yeah. And one of them will be in the piece. Yeah. I think if that's just to meet people where they are, I mean, I think that's, how I don't know. That's that's all we belong for, you know. Just where I am, and let that be a, enough. And I I really love that you guys make that so apparent. So Matt, I love this conversation. Yeah. We could probably so go come, on. So come see a show. Whatever, look at yeah. the website. Look at the Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I don't. But yeah. I don't someone else does. Okay. Just, um, you can always write to us. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. If you're interested, let, work. Uh, you can just. Ask about visiting. Yeah. <laughs> Some <laughs> workshops coming up. We don't, we haven't, make, we haven't made any choices, any decisions. All right. I hope some, least, some uh, wonderful things unfold from this. Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to share um, just this really precious, sacred work that you do. So for friends of Labafana's Table who live in the New York City area, this is a reminder that a passion will be performed April 2nd through the 7th. And you can find more information and tickets by going to jechitheater.org. That's D-Z-I-E-C-I theater.org. Ciao. Thanks so much for pulling up a seat to La Bufana's table. To get episodes sent direct to your inbox, as well as other perks such as access to our monthly community and connection hours, be sure to subscribe to my Substack dinagregory.substack.com. Ciao.